John Bogley, the Vanguard founder who passed away in 2019, once told a story about money that highlights something we don't think about enough. At a party given by a billionaire on Shelter Island, Kurt Vonnegut informs his pal Joseph Heller that their host, a hedge fund manager, had made more money in a single day than Heller had earned from his wildly popular novel Catch-22 over its whole history. Heller responds, Yes, but I have something he will never have. Enough. Enough? I was stunned by the simple eloquence of that word. Stunned for two reasons. First, because I have been given so much in my own life. And second, because Joseph Heller couldn't have been more accurate. For a critical element of our society, including many of the wealthiest and most powerful among us, there seems to be to be no limit on what enough entails. Hello, and welcome to this space where I share my experiences and lessons as a small business owner. My name is Cecilia, and thank you for tuning in to this episode. What I have just read is the introduction to chapter three of the book, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. The title of this chapter is Never Enough When Rich People Do Crazy Things. So if you're new to this podcast, uh, my friend and I, the name of my friend is Linda, and I have been uh, started reading this book end of last year. And we actually had recorded this episode, but I listened to it last week and realized that the audio had some issues. And so I made the decision to re-record the episode and upload it for you guys to listen. Um, Linda will join us in the next uh, in the next reading, that is chapter four. And I just want to say the reason I started re- reading this book, honestly, is because number one, it was very highly recommended last year. A, a lot of uh, business and book related podcast uh, podcasts and YouTube channels that I follow kept talking about this book and I was like you know what it sounds like a good read let me get the book for myself so I got the book to read because I'm trying to change the relationship I have with money my current relationship with money is worry and stress and I just want to have a better understanding of money. And so that is why I decided to get the book. So if you enjoy a good audiobook, if you like listening to someone, maybe read a book as you do your house chores, house duties, or just doing your errands, or if you're also trying to change your relationship with money like I am, join me as I review chapter three of this book. And I hope you enjoy this episode. This is actually my favorite chapter in this book. I know I've only read chapter one and chapter two, but this is my favorite chapter. And it starts by sharing two uh, stories. Uh, The author starts by sharing stories of two people who were already making a lot of money, but they didn't understand the concept of enough, when it's enough. And currently I'm not here, I'm not at this level financially, I'm not even close to this level. I'm not even financially stable, if I'm being very honest. Um, but these are things that I should definitely keep in mind. The points that they share, the author shares in this book are things that I should keep in mind once my my finances are more stable. And the, 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 the points seem like obvious points, but they're not, I don't think they're things we actually ever think about. 
you know, you think like, oh, it's obvious I know this, but it, it's not actually obvious. This chapter really challenged me to really think. Uh, and even though I'm not there financially, uh, one of the things I remember when uh, Linda and I read this book, one of the things I meant, I said is like, I'd really like to take these points because the chapter has uh, main highlights, specific points that he shares for the readers to keep in mind. I was like, I think I should take those main highlights, print them, frame them and put them somewhere in my house so that I can always look at them and remember and keep them in mind. Um, if you've read this book, I'm really curious to know what you enjoyed about this chapter and like, what are some of the lessons that you learned? Um, so I'm just going to read a couple of excerpts and then it's excerpts or ex, I don't know, whatever the word is. Um, I'm going to just read a couple of excerpts and we're going to just go into the main highlights of this episode. Uh, the main main highlights of this, not episode, the main highlights of this chapter. And I'm going to read them and hopefully we can have a discussion in the comments section. Um, maybe I should mention this. If you're listen, listening to this on Spotify, there's a Q&A section under this episode. If you're listening to this from Anchor, there is a community section under this episode. So feel free to drop a comment and leave a comment there about what you learned and what what you learned from this chapter and what you got from this chapter. So, yeah. So these are some of my favorite excerpts from this book. Uh, and I'll begin reading. The question we should ask of both Gupta and Madoff is why someone worth hundreds of millions of dollars will be so desperate for more money that they risk everything in pursuit of even more. Crime committed by those living on the edge of survival is one thing. A Nigerian scam artist once told the New York Times that he felt guilty for hurting others. But poverty will not make you feel the pain. Um, and another favorite excerpt from this book is, uh, I'll read this, and this is what will introduce us to the highlights of this chapter. Few of us will ever have $100 million as Gupta or Madoff did, but a measurable percentage of those reading this book will at some point in their life, earn a salary or have a sum of money sufficient to cover every reasonable thing they need and a lot of what they want. If you're one of them, remember a few things. One, the hardest financial skill is getting the goalpost to stop moving. But it's one of the most important. If expectations arise with results, there is no logic in striving for more because you'll feel the same after putting in extra effort. It gets dangerous when the taste of having more, more money, more power, more prestige increases ambition faster than satisfaction. In that case, one step forward pushes the goalpost two steps ahead. You feel as if you're failing, you're falling behind, and the only way to catch up is to take greater and greater amount of risk. Modern capitalism is a pro at two things, generating wealth and generating envy. Perhaps they go hand in hand. Wanting to surpass your peers can be the fuel of hard work. But life isn't any fun without a sense of enough. Happiness, as it said, is just, is just results minus expectations. Two, social comparison is a problem here. Consider a rookie baseball player who earns $500,000 a year. He is by any definition rich. But say he plays on the same team as Mark, Mike Trout, 
who has a 12-year, 430 million contract. By comparison, the rookie is broke. But then think about Mike Trout. $36 million per year is an insane amount of money. But to make it on the list of the top 10 highest paid hedge fund managers in 2018, you needed to earn at least $340 million in one year. That's people who that's who people like Trout might compare their incomes to. And the hedge fund manager who makes $340 million per year compares himself to the top five hedge fund managers who earn at least $770 million in 2018. Those top managers can look ahead to people like Warren Buffett, whose personal fortune increased by $3.5 billion in 2018. And someone like Buffett could look ahead to Jeff Bezos, whose net worth increased by $24 billion in 2018, a sum that equates to more per hour than the rich baseball player made in a full year. The point is that the ceiling of social comparison comparison is so high that virtually no one will ever hit it, which means which means it's a battle that you that can never be won, or that the only way to win is not to fight to begin with, to accept that you might have enough, even if it's less than those around you. A friend of mine makes an annual pilgrimage to Las Vegas. One here he asked a dealer, "What games do you play, and what casinos do you play in?" The dealer, Stone Cold Sirius, replied, the only way to win in a Las Vegas casino is to exit as soon as you enter. That's exactly how the game of trying to keep up with other people's wealth works too. Three, enough is not too little. The idea of having enough might look like conservatism, conservatism, leaving opportunity and potential on the table. I don't think that's right. Enough is realizing that the opposite an insatiable appetite for more will push you to the, push you to the point of regret. The only way to know how much food you can eat is to eat until you're sick. Few try this because vomiting hurts more than any meal is good. For some reason, the same logic doesn't translate to business and investing, and many will only stop reaching for more when they break and and are forced to. This can be as innocent as burning out at work or a risky investment allocation you can't maintain. On the other end, there's Arajat Guptas and Bani Madoffs in the world who resort to stealing because every dollar is worth reaching for regardless of consequences. Whatever it is, the inability to deny a potential dollar will eventually catch up to you. 4. There are many things never worth risking, no matter the potential gain. I'll repeat that. There are many things never worth risking, no matter the potential gain. After he was released from prison, Rajat Kupta told the New York Times he had learned a lesson. Don't get too attached to anything, your reputation, your accomplishment, any of it. I think about it now. What does it matter? Okay, this thing unjustly destroyed my reputation. That's only troubling if I was so attached to my reputation. This seems like the worst possible takeaway from his experience and what I imagine is the comforting self-justifications of a man who desperately, desperately wants his reputation back but knows it's gone. Reputation is invaluable. Freedom and independence are invaluable. Family and friends are invaluable. Being loved by those who want to love you is invaluable. Happiness is invaluable. And your best shot at keeping these things is knowing when it's time to stop taking risks that might harm them. 
knowing when you have enough. The good news is that the most powerful tool for building enough is remarkably simple. It doesn't require taking risks that could damage any of these things. That's the next chapter. And that's it from this chapter. Like I said, it's a very short and sweet, straight to the point chapter. And my biggest takeaway from this chapter is point number two, where he says social comparison is a problem here. I really like the example where he says that, you know, even Warren Buffett, if he compares himself to Jeff Bezos, he can always think he's not making enough money. And I like that because I think it's a good reminder. At the end of the day, it's up to you to decide like, you know, this is enough. I've made enough. My basic needs are met. My wants are met. And this is enough. I don't have to add any more than I have right now. And I think it's something that I needed to hear. And I think something many of the people who read this book would really like to hear. The other thing that I really, the other point that was a huge takeaway for me also was uh, the first point where he says the hardest financial skill is getting the goalposts to stop moving. The goalpost will not stop moving. There's someone who will always be making more than you. There's always someone who's going to be ahead of you. So the choice is yours to stop, to be like, this is enough, you know. And I'd really like to know what is your biggest, what was your biggest takeaway from this chapter? What did you learn from this chapter? And you can do that by leaving me a comment. If you're listening to this episode on Spotify, there is a Q&A section under this episode. I leave questions under each episode. Feel free to leave me a comment there on what you learned from this episode. Have you even read this book? Are you planning to get this book now that you've read this chapter? The other, uh, if you're listening to this on Anchor, um, there is a community section and you can also leave your comment there. I will definitely read it and I really appreciate the feedback. The other way to reach me or give me feedback regarding my podcast is I'm active on social media. So sending me a DM uh, on Instagram. My page is my page handle is at MBL, M for mango, B for banana, L for lemon, MBL underscore podcast. That is my Instagram handle and my TikTok handle. I'm also active on LinkedIn and Facebook. You can search my pages as my basic life podcast on any on either Facebook or LinkedIn, depending on the platform you're active on. And please give me your feedback. I'd really appreciate The other way you can support my podcast is by rating my podcast on Spotify. Uh, and yeah, leaving a nice positive comment on whether you enjoyed the episode and what you'd like me to talk about, what you'd like me to share, what anything, you know, I'd really appreciate it. And that's it for today's episode. And I hope to see you in next week's episode. Bye and take care.